on page Kufnun Gimel. Sadiqi was explaining, by the way, some of the Chavayim showed me in, in Shul this week that they're translating the Vahim. Already, already the first Chavayim. Translating? I know, it's very good. I was reading the, the first few pages. They, was on the, they put it on the internet. He was masking to allow. They took some time to convince him, but he understands they can reach a lot of people. And so the first Chalik is, I don't know if it's all translated, but somebody gave me the first few pages. I think a lot of it's translated. It's very, very good translation for the first Chalik. It's not a summary, it's like... No, 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 it's Mamish, the whole thing. Have we said that? It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's very, and it's very well written. I was afraid it was going to be, you know, like schlocky. But it's very well written and very clear. And, and uh... I know his name, I'm not supposed to say it. But he doesn't want, he doesn't want to... Uh, no, he's no, he doing it in English. English. Done in English. Oh, wow. The first volume is already on, on the internet in English. Wow. Yeah. So. But he has a big following. Nice. I mean, that... He doesn't allow to, He doesn't allow himself to go into the rabbis. No. They want people do want want to, but he doesn't allow. He doesn't not. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't put his name to any of this one. So he he's explaining. We talk about what does it mean the for us in our Hashem to be a carbon oil. And oil means everything. Everything goes up. By carbon ayla, the entire carbon is burnt on the mezbeach. So in our Vedas Hashem, what the carbon ayla means is that every single part of a person's life is shared with Hashem as a A person doesn't live anything away from Hashem. Now, we never live away from Hashem, but we try to make belief. It's not just a question of knowing that, that the Vedas is watching you every second. That, of course. And we spoke a lot about this, Kocha Prophets. It's not just that belief that Hashem is watching, but it's everything that a person goes through in the course of a day, in the course of his life, every single thing, even what we were learning at the end of last week, even his sveikis and amuna, even when a person has a suffering and amuna, he was giving an example, but the person, like everybody gets, it happens once in a while, the person gets a suffering, maybe this is crazy, what am I doing? This whole thing is, you know, uh, maybe some couple of uh, smart old people in some boardroom that look like this, you know, a couple of thousand years ago. Made uh, made this tire up. Because it's a craziness of Mishigas. Okay, but there is such a thing. The Boshant of Akhadi says that the Boshant sends things like the Boshant is even the biggest Sadiq in the Boshant of Akhadi. The Boshant sends such Boshant from time to time. Why? As Nisayim. And to get the person working, to get the person, otherwise he might not be thinking at all about Akhadi. So, a regular person. So, what he explains is that even that we were learning, when a per- that even, even when a person has such a Boshant, where he has a question about God's existence to be a carbon oiler means to share even that with the Baruch That's what we were learning. Let's just chaz that paragraph on page Kufnun Gimel Adam Tzarek Lamek Lodavim Baruch Hashem. The top of the page on Kufnun Gimel. Adam Tzarek Lamek Lodavim Baruch Hashem. V'leim lahakol hakol Baruch Hashem. Piss on. We did this just a chaz. Piss on here. Harti ule ata bechlalo nimsa. It's a funny thing. You never say that to your best friend. I all of a sudden had this thought that maybe you don't exist, right? Even though the Barishalm's existence is much, much stronger than than than, uh, than your best friend. But uh, your best friend you had breakfast with. So a person says, A Barishalom Pisam, I had this thought suddenly. Maybe you don't exist. Now why would I have all of a sudden such a machshavah? It's not like you were reading some apocalypse or book or something. So why do you have all of a sudden this machshava? I believe that this machshava, that this machshava is a machshava that comes from you. You sent me this machshava. Now, when it comes to, so a person can say so that I don't have to worry about my. If I have horrible thoughts, God forbid. If I have yehuria there, so that's also from the Baruch First, you have to ask yourself the following: What was I looking at today? What was I thinking about? What did I, what did I, from the time that I was watching anything, that television or movies or books, of course. But why did something all of a sudden come into a person's head which seems to be from nowhere? If you're having a hehure, if you're having, God forbid, hehure avera, like, you know, uh, uh, an hour after you turned off the television or, the, or you're looking on the internet or you're looking at some girl in the office, so then it, that's not a big cash, you understand. And even that, 
And even that is a Nisayin. Why is it that at that moment you, have, you were in that place and you saw that thing? It's also a Nisayin. Ah, you turned it on and you lifted your head up and you looked in the wrong place. Say that. That was, not, that was a, a, an Avayin. And you shouldn't have done that. But now, that you're troubled by a certain thought, that's a Nisayin. The Divine Shalom is sending you this. This, this Nisayin. Not that you should fail. He's sending you a Nisayin. So a, a person doesn't just think of that. You say, Takadosh I had this mashav that maybe you don't exist. Who sent me such a mashav? <coughs> you yourself sent me this mashav. Any philosopher would say this. A philosopher would say this is absurd. Here you're in the midst of your, you're in the midst of your skeptical experience that maybe it doesn't exist. So who, so so what does that mean to say? Oh, it must be that you sent me. So any philosopher would say this is ridiculous. Because what do you mean it must be? If he doesn't exist, then he didn't send it to you. Because because we're maminim, and this person is also a big mamin, so the problem is that suffolk. So the that's not be'emis be'emis that the, that he thinks that there's no God. It's because he has to be mechazik isamuna. So he has to speak to the Shalom and when he starts to speak to the Shalom and he doesn't leave Hashem out of that moment of skepticism or of because he doesn't leave Hashem out. He's a cub and oiler, and he lives the Baruch Shalom for better or for worse, in the good times and in the bad times. Every single minute of his life is, is the Baruch Shalom. So then he shares that subject with Hashem. He talks to Hashem as Baruch Why would you do such a thing? I was happy, everything was fine. Why did you send me such a crazy machshava that you don't exist? But of course it's not that I should fall into that mistake. Because you want me to use my muscles, which I'm not doing much of. I'm just sort of relying upon the amunah that I got when I was a kid in school or my parents told me to believe and I'm just relying on that. And now I find that I'm being troubled by something. Why did you send me such a troubling machshava? Because you want me to strengthen myself and push it away. You want me to think about my amunah. You want me to ask myself, what's the tachas of my life? What am I doing here? You want me to get serious with myself. You want me to, to fight against this? I have to turn away from it. Many times people don't think about their own at all until they're challenged in a, in a very serious way. I don't mean the, you know, uh, small things, Irish kite, but big things. A person's challenged, and then and after that, that's what you see many times. After that, the person becomes much more of a yeresh shemay. Obviously, there was a bocher. There was a bocher I was talking to. It was on Hanukkah time. He fell in with a shiksa very very good. A yeshiva bacha fell in very bit with a shiksa. How it happened, I'm Isa, whatever. But he fell in with a shiksa. And um, it was an unbelievable nisoyin. It was already, it was already with it for like the, for months and months. It was very bad. And he was like a, 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 living a double life, mamish. And he couldn't go on like that. And he had to, he, he had to come to a decision. I said, you know, you have to to make a decision and and uh, he, he he threw he threw this girl out of his life with such a, a kayak and such a his garbage he got rid of it and you should see the way this boy learns now in gardens it's unbelievable and he was a, he was sort of a, you would say he was a bainani until that time he was a bainani he was an average boy average has smarter not much an average nice boy but from this Nisayan, he like he's a superstar. He's a superstar. If it wouldn't have worked out this way, it would be very, very, very bad. But, but he, he, he pushed it away. And he discovered in doing so, he discovered within himself, Kaychas he never knew that he had. And he had, to, he had to ask himself big questions like, here I'm in love with this girl, I'm a sugar with this girl. You know, then he started to talk about the Dimyani, she said that maybe she'll convert. You know, so I said, ah, yes, we'll stop with this. You know, you're, you're learning yeshiva, you're not talking, you're not talking to a boy from the street. She's going to convert. And what kind of conversion? What are you talking about, Dimyani's? So when he pushed it away, in order for him to push it away, he had to reach into his, to ask big questions about his amuna. That he wasn't asking it all that time. It was like any other guy gets up and says, "Nashveinishta bechin." That learns a little bit near right but here he had to he had to come to Mamish to his nakuda vamuna. Now he's going ahead. The rest of the guys in his group, he he looks they're all miles behind. They don't know what happened to him, but he's he's in a different place because that that's what the Barishlam sent him the machshava. That's what the Barishlam sent such a machshava. Kadei she'edchais. That I should drive it away. 
I'd take my mind away from this. It's clear to me, that you yourself sent me this thought of not believing in you. You sent me this thought of not believing in you. Don't ask Akasha, I thought God doesn't tamper with my thoughts. That thought is ridiculous. That thought also the Barishlam sent you. That you should think that. But then you could say, what do you mean? I, saw the, I remember I saw the safe, I heard from him. Apir Zoya Kodesh, Nariya Kodesh, and the Ramban, and the Gura, and the Ramchal, Pnimi Satayr, and there are many, many Mechazals also. They didn't say it in a vacuum. For sure the Barishlam tampers with our thoughts. Kaseyd. What does it mean when it says, Leib and the Barishlam tampers with our thoughts. The Barishlam enters into our into our machshavos. The Barishlam. So we think it's only by kings. Call yourself an emelachim. Chazal said it. They saw an emelachim. But even if we didn't have such a nice Chazal, the Barishlam is constantly, constantly weaving his way into our into our machshavos in this way and in that way. And the, the, what he's saying is that a person who lives like a carbon oiler lives in a way where there isn't a moment of his life where the Baruch is excluded. Because if you didn't bring the Baruch to that moment of Kfirah, so then you just, you, you feel like you're stuck to your own devices. So then, then you just kill yourself with these Mahshavas. When a person davens this up also, davens with this too. He davens with this too. Look, just think of a typical response of nice from people that grow up. If a person has, God forbid, he has a, a hero, a machshav. Let's say, that, let's say, not that you would have a shaykhis. Let's say you're in the office and there's some girl that's very pretty walking around. No. So, and, and it's bad for you. It's bad. And you see that it's not so pleasant. So, we don't feel like sharing that with God. You feel embarrassed. You know, look at it. It's, it's bad enough that I'm looking at this girl and thinking about it. Now, now the worst, now you, you ask me, I should talk to God about it. That's the worst thing. Just like you have people that they... It's, it's, I'm always amazed by... Either there are people that say from the... You know, as being, being in Iraq for these years, I find there are people that thought that they, that they will come in and they could talk one million percent openly about like their Nisyanis. They come talking about Nisyanis. My ears are turning red, you understand? Dark red. And they're talking about their Nisyanis. Hey Mitzad in Yanam of Gilarayas, things that have to do with with uh, with Shalom Bayis in Yanam. You know, but they'll come straight. That's a Galbus Anefesh to be able to do that. A lot of people, especially Hungarians, don't do that, right? A lot of people don't do that. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Hungarians and Persians, right? Everything, everything is fine. Shalom Aleichem, Aleichem, Shalom, my Shalom Bayis, Kavaldi. My Hiruever, I never thought one in my life. And that's not to get the wrong guy. Everything is fine. Sometimes even if such a person becomes, when it becomes very, very, very bad, Khalil, and in desperation, there's nothing to do. But he's embarrassed. He's embarrassed. He's embarrassed. I'm going to go tell that. I'm going to go tell it out. It's embarrassing. So maybe they'll go talk to a therapist because they because it's something you know then not in the neighborhood and they put on dark glasses and walk someplace and go to the therapist that they could feel comfortable to share. But to go to I'm always amazed that someone will come like that and talk to a rabbi, talk to go to a rabbi and talk to the mizrach. A chassid will go tell the rabbi that I did the surveyor. And the only the person more than any other person on earth who he wants to respect him is the rabbi, right? He wants the rabbi to look up to, to think of him as a good person. And he had uh, that a chassel walk into walk into the rabbi or say rabbi, this is what I did. I did the surveyor. How do I fix it? Help me. So it's not natural for a person to be like that. You know, he might smooth with a friend, but to a person who you look up to. So therefore, what he's saying here could seem to us to be very radical to actually talk to Hashemishbrok straight, even though any one of us knows that God must God must know what I did. But we don't like to think about that. We don't like to think about it. And God knows what I mean. We all know that, but we don't. We don't want to feel it or think about it. We're hoping it's like something, you know, some way to bypass that. So what he's saying here is that that when a person goes through a difficulty or goes through a mishul, he fails in something. 
to be a carbon oiler, a yid, it's a carbon oiler means that you can go, mamish, that, that's second. That's second. You can go and talk to the Rabbi Shalom about it. That I came to such a massive Rabbi Shalom. Look at me, this will happen. And you sent me this Nisayin and helped me out of this Nisayin. Why did you send me this Nisayin? Not that I should batch up like I did. You sent me this Nisayin that I should, that I should be able to be strong. That I should be able to overcome this Nisayin. That's why you sent it to me. So I need your help. I don't know. Not, it's not working. I'm not asleep. Tell me what I could do. How could I help? How could, what could I do? Help me. Give me a schaskas. Send me to somebody. Something. Right? And a person davens. And when, a, when you live that way, what we're learning in this whole parak and this whole part of the safe is that tefillah is not just that uh, that kvias of a shachas and minchamayim, a musaf and neilah. Tefillah, the ani tefillah means what Dovid Melch was saying is that I live in this way of tefillah. My life is like a carbon oil. When he says the ani tefillah, I am, I am tefillah. This is what I am. That defines me. It's not just something that I do. I daven. Where did you daven? Where did you daven? See how, how it's a natural thing when people, a lot of people, when they go to shul, I'm not talking about if someone has a welcome kavod, but it's not when people, not women, when, when men go into a shul, they oftentimes go straight for the back row. Guys, or a shir also, even if they're coming to the shir, they're coming to shul, and the, or they're coming to the shir, guys will very, very often go to the back row. The same way that when it comes to maybe in college. And this, I read a study, study many years ago, around 20 years ago, that in, in co-ed colleges, that men, I remember this years ago, that men are 92% more likely to head to the back of the classroom. 92% more likely than women. What's this for? No, Rabbi said, what do you think this for is? Well, why is that? Why, do men, why are men much more likely to head to the back? I mean, they're coming there. The guy registered for college. It's, he's, he, he means he wants to go there. Like this guy, he wants to go to shul. He registered. He paid his membership in shul. He wants to go to shul. The guy, the guy came to the shia. He didn't have to go to the shia. He's going. He went to the shia. Why? Why is he sitting in the back? They don't want to have to admit that they have that they need. The, the, Not to admit that they need it. The, and the, maybe the, here I won't be touched by it. Maybe if I'm far enough away. But you want to be in shul. You remember. I want to have a certain degree of membership, but I don't want to be touched by it. I don't want anybody to violate my, my, my space. And women are just the opposite. A woman's feeling is, oh, how can I improve? I'd love to change them. Maybe this person can help me. But guys have that big thing, that big wall, more of that wall of the ego. And therefore, even though they'll go, and how many times, listen, I've spoken thousands of times in thousands of places over the years. I can come into a room, and let's say, let's say the, the room is like a huge shul, and it could be like, and there could be 50 men there, right? And I'm calling out to them, excuse me, uh, Rabid, maybe you'll come over here, they'll leave, men will leave 400 rows. <laughs> and, and you look at it and you say like, hey, what, does, does this look normal? Uh, does, does this look normal? Why are you all sitting, a hun- really, 100 rows away? Very sick on Tuesday night. Yeah. Like the, all yeah. the women, like the, the women right away, the women of the Yisyatsu, the women of the Yisyatsu right away, and they're ready, they're ready with their notebooks and ready to learn. And the guys, like in the back, like this, like, you know? <laughs> and they came! They came to the Shia. He's got his yarmulke back. <laughs> that, right? The guys. You guys have to take out a pen, only the, only the Bali Tshuva, right? The Bali Tshuva have it, we'll take out a pen. But the guys like the, the from from birth? Nah! I sit in the back, doing things, looking, looking at, looking at the train schedule. I'm doing this for a long time. You trust me. I'm in this business. I don't, I don't know much, but I know this business. I, I've studied it. I've studied the guys and the girls how it is with shirim. I've done, I've done guys and girls at the same shir. I've done guys and girls separate shirim. When there aren't women there, guys are more forthcoming. You understand why? Because they're girls, then they got to look less interested. If it's an all guys shir, then there's then there are possibilities of getting them to move forward and to look interested. If it's guys and girls, very little chance, because then the guys have to show, I don't need this. I'm here with my wife, not <laughs> I'm a good guy, I talk to you, you know what I mean? But don't talk to me. 
well, like I had, I had this in so when I talked to young people. So I went, I mentioned this in shul. I remember it was a freezing cold winter night a couple of years ago. And after I went to Shabbos I ran to give a shir in one of the local high schools. They asked me to go. I was giving it to the, it was giving it to the boys. There was a Shabbaton at different yeshiva high schools, the modern high schools that came together. And it was such an interesting thing. I was so interested in it, I almost got distracted from what I was saying. Because I, I was talking to the boys, and, uh, and the fathers were coming from different places to pick up the boys. The fathers were coming from, even from New Jersey, they were coming from different yeshivas to pick up the boys. It was a Shabbaton for. They were picking up the, coming to pick up the boys. And they came in there, and I'm screaming and yelling to these kids, you know, whatever the Indian was. Shtag, shtag. And I'm watching the men. Like the men, first of all, the men come in, and and they, the Rashi Yeshiva, the Rebbe, were telling the men, "Why don't you sit down? Uh, you know, it's going to take a few more minutes. They came a little bit early, or why we can go a little bit late. So come sit down. Not one will sit down. Listen, not one will be asking to sit down. They go, no. They'll stand around the side. Every second, I'm looking. The men are looking at their watches, like this. Nervous. They're nervous. If you like, if you them, what are you doing? So it's a Shabbos. You can't get your kid. What are you thinking? Thirty. They're there. Thirty seconds. I'm not talking about that. I spoke an extra ten minutes. I didn't. I spoke an extra three minutes, maybe. But the second the father's standing there, like this, anything that would be like that with girls, or if the mothers would be coming to pick up the son, the mother would sit herself down and say, "Oh, this is so interesting." <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm watching this for years. The men. <laughs> like this, getting red and getting annoyed, and the and the rebbeim is saying, hey, you know, whatever. No, I'm not going to sit down. That would betray any possible interest that I have. I'm not, I'm, and I'm, I'm not interested. And even if I am interested, I wouldn't admit that I'm interested, right? So, a person, when a person talks to the rebbeim. And he, and he makes himself into a carbon ayla. And a carbon ayla means, I'm open with you, eventually. I'm open. That's why I'm so amazed that people, that's a certain kind of a person, he can be open and come talk to a Talmud Chacham, talk to a Rabbi, talk to a Tzadik. Even, even, I have so many people that have such problems. And I say, can you go talk to a therapist? They won't even talk to a therapist. They could afford it. I'm not talking about money. I say, I'm from therapist. They don't want. No. What? Ooh, yeah, what's going to do for me then? No. Shut closed because they're embarrassed. When a person, when a person begins to live with the Vaishnav in such a way where he's not ashamed, he's not ashamed. The Vaishnav, you know me, and you know what just happened. Uh, I need to talk to you about it. So that's called the carbon island. That's what we're learning about. It's a very big thing. Climber, he says, oh no no. Yeah, I know it's clear to me that you you sent me this mashav and you want me to give it in this mashav. So I need help. Climber. We're not just talking about a person who, let's say, he. He did not value it, and he comes to talk to Hashem as well. Or he's having a problem in his, in his Yiddishkeit. He says, I'm talking to you even about a person who's doubting whether or not Yiddishkeit is true. Who has questions in Emunah. What do you do with that? So everybody thinks you got to read this, you got you to talk to this person, you got to do that. But people don't talk about this. To Ike, to Ike, and the Yisait, how Yisait this is, to talk to the Baruch Shalom about it. Even such a machshava that bechlal there's no god. Machshava she klalu klalu. I don't Not that I have a machshava. Not that I'm having problems in Yiddishkeit. I'm having problems that maybe I maybe I'm not even part of Yiddishkeit. Maybe I, I, I'm not even I don't belong in it. It's not for me. So no one wants to talk to God about that because it's embarrassing. You feel silly. And that goof is my problem. No. The Baruch sent you that machshava. And you talk to the Rebbeinu about that Rashad. Kamaisha Mugde Beswar Makadayishim Shima Elamatayu. That there is such a thing that a person gets a Makshava that comes from the Elamatayu, from the world of Tayu, whatever that means in Kabbalah, it's not important for us. From that place, that, from what? Where? From what field we call it? From what field? Elamatayu. It's not part of Yiddishkeit. I'm not worrying about, I'm not, I'm not having problems with this Gemara, having problems 
with this mitzvah that I'm, I'm having problems with my most basic questions of Amunah you talk to the Bayesham that's what it means to be an Eulah and you need to cobble upon yourself to live this way not just when it happens when it's a good day everything is clear Like, and we're learning this afterwards at night to say I want to be like that what we learned today in Bilvavi Mishkanev I want to be for myself to offer myself to you as a carbon island that when I that I have thoughts I have feelings I want to talk to you about them and when a person says like that Betoris Kabbalah he says in the way of like we're learning this morning we're going to learn tomorrow also in the in the, uh, the next the next piece there in the, in the Torah from the Rabbi Zimani. the person makes a Kabbalah to say this is what uh, I want to live this way I'm going to try to be this this way to talk about it then you, then, you, then you see after a few minutes that that's not really that you don't believe in that Irish guy that's not true it was a Nisayin and then when you overcome the Nisayin you see that it's nothing it's not anything there you know I once told there was a and the Kotzka was walking with one of his with one of his big Hasidim they were crossing over a bridge over a little river or something and had one of these rickety you know things and they were crossing over and they were going they were swimming in the water and they started to throw rocks they saw the two hours they started to throw rocks so the Kotzka's Chassid jumped on the floor to not to get hit he went down on the floor and the Kotzka was just walking so the Talmud tried to pull the Rebbe to come down and the Kotzka said what are you pulling at what's the matter with you what are you lying on the floor so Talmud said, he says, what am I lying on the floor? He says, the, the rocks. Because of what rocks? He said, the Goyim. So the, the Kotzka said, what Goyim? And the Kotzka just walked across. And the, and, the, and the Talmud crawled across. So it doesn't say whether he got hit or not, the Kotzka. But when they came on the other side, so the Talmud came over and said, I don't understand. What do you mean, what rocks and what, what, what Goyim? So the Kotzka said, you don't think that I, I'm in the world. You don't think that I uh, that I saw the going and I saw the gun throwing rocks. But I didn't like the way you jumped down. It was too quickly, <laughs> too fast, too fast. It means there are going and there are rocks, and sometimes they're going to throw rocks. But you you took the world. You take the world much too seriously. That's what he said. Okay, Kotzka said these things. You know. Tyrehi, a little bit of so he a kasha. So therefore, what a person should walk through bullets and and they should get shot. Kotzka could have gotten hurt like that. For whatever reason, whatever he saw and whatever he wanted to teach that chassid in that day was was to live with the bunshlim every second, not to be something spoiled from the world, not to be something spoiled from the world, not to get too worked up over the world. And of course, the Kotzka would normally have bent his head or whatever it might be. You don't get hit by a rock. But not to be so misspoke. And that's what he was telling me. Don't get so carried away. If a person lives in such a way, with the Rabbi Shalom, he says, Sometimes a person gets a thought that comes from what's called, again, these are Kabbalah terms, it's not far as the empty space. It comes from an empty space. I don't know, an empty space. You don't know. Why would you get such a thought? How did it come to you such a machshav? This also you have to take when you get when you get a machshava when the Bereshit sends you a machshava like this, you have to you, you it comes to you a thought that maybe there's no God or whatever it is or any other thing, so you get that thought and you say I got it it just came to me and now I'm sending it right back to you by talking to him that's how you send it back to him. by talking to him and asking him for help that means you're now turning it around and sending it back to the Bereshit Never be pasuk. Says in the pasuk, Hashem who alokim b'shemayim ma'av Only Hashem. Hazal. What does it mean, so what's Einoi? There is nothing else. So the so Chazal says such an interesting answer. The Medrash answers, "Afilu b'chalol shalolim." Afilu b'chalol shalolim means even in the, even in space. There's nothing else. So it says Shemayim, 
the highest heavens and the lowest. So, so what does it mean? Ain't even in between, even in, even in between the highest heights and the lowest depths. So Chazal say, Ein Oid is telling you a Chiddush. What's Ein Oid? Afilu b'chalolu shloilam. Even, you should know, there's no other God where, not only in the highest, highest heaven, somewhere out there, in the galaxy, distant galaxy, or there's a God there too, and there's also a God all the way underneath the ocean, all the way down to the bottom of the earth. There's a God there too. But you might think that maybe in between there isn't. So the Pesach comes along and says, what? Ein Oid. Afilu b'chalolu shloilam. No. So, Ein Oid. Afilu b'chalolu shloilam. So what does that mean in Pneumius? Ein Oid Afidl Bechalol Shalom Means in Yameinu B'Tzuras Arvayda Peshad Avish Adam Machnis is Arvayin Shalom Bechal Nekudim Mahalach Echaim Shalom There are no empty spaces in your life That's what it means Afidl Bechalol Shalom Sometimes the Baruch Shalom is very very big by you When it's Yom Kippur And he's also very big by you When you're in, a, in, the, in the lowest most disgusting time of your life Then the Baruch Shalom is very big But in between there are a lot of empty spaces In between there are a lot of empty spaces so, the, so when it says Ein Oid, it means Afilu There are no empty spaces. There's no space in life without God. That's what it means to be a carbon oil. Sometimes you have a Shemayim and then you feel close to God. And then sometimes there's then there's Baruch Mitachas, when you're feeling very, very, very distant. But even in that feeling of distance and, and feeling horrible, you feel in a certain way close to God because you feel like you're far from Him, right? Because you're, you're conscious of God, but then there's the thing that's called halal shalom. The spaces in between, like right now, you know, like uh, not right now, right now we're we're b'shemayim, we're learning. But you know, after the shiur, then there's going to be halal shalom in the elevator, at your desk, on the phone. Halal shalom looks like empty spaces. It's not davening. It's not naveir. I'm not learning, and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not learning. I'm not saying words of turn. I'm not saying words of lashnar. I'm in some funny place that's called halal shalom. In between, empty space. There's no empty space. It looks like it's empty, and you only you think that you're going to get back to Shemaim by minchamarv, and then God forbid, maybe you'll be in Eretz, you know, someplace on the television after minchamarv or whatever it might be. God forbid, on planets of Eretz, but it could, you'll be in Eretz uh, mitachas. But right now, I'm in a place that's called Chaloloi Shalom, the empty space of the world. So on that, the Rosham says in the Torah, Ki Hashem Ulokim B'Shoim Ralaj Mitachas, Ein Oid. Ein Oid. There's no empty spaces. And to live that way, with no empty spaces, means to be a real Yid. To be a real Yid. There's no empty spaces. There's no empty spaces. It's a whole different surah of a Jew who's a who's officially an Orthodox Jew and who's an Ein Oid Jew. Different surah. They both go to Shachas Mechamav. They both keep Shabbos and so on. They both eat in the same restaurants, right? But there's a big difference between the Orthodox Jew, whatever type he is, a modern, a Chassidish, a Litvish, a Sradish, whatever it is, and an Ein Oid Jew. Ein Oid means no empty spaces. And the person who lives that way, when there are no empty spaces, that person who lives with Ein Oid. Means he's never embarrassed to talk to the person. He, he, he lives with the person every second. I'm not going to talk to him. He lives together with the person. That's what it means. Like we learned earlier in the Sefer. Every part of his life, he brings the person. He invites the person to every part of his life. Even while he's doing it there. Which is a very hard thing to do. He brings the Baruch How do you bring the Baruch What does it mean? Does it mean? Because that moment of an event is a moment of... of, of if, a, if a person brings the Baruch into that moment, which is a Baruch I feel like I'm being dragged into this. I don't know how to... I don't know how to avoid this Avera. And help me, help me. He cries out from that place. So... A person who brings the Baruch Hashem to every nekud of his life, that's called Ein Oid. There is nothing else. Ein Oid. Ein nekud b'chayim shulei v'shatev b'asar Baruch There's no nekud of his life in which he doesn't include Hashem. And that's what it means in the Gemara that we spoke about a couple of months ago when it says in the Pesach, Al-Zaisi is pal kolchos l'eis mitzayi, that every righteous person l'eis mitzayi, the Gemara talks about l'eis mitzayi. So it means it could be a shidduch, whatever. 
but the, but, but the Gemara says Afilu it says even the Beis HaKisei it said Davin Afilu Beis HaKisei means that means that a Jew who lives a night even that moment is everything should go help that everything should go okay not to start to say words that you can't say in the bathroom but you know, to say that's a night there is nothing else When things are going well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for this this deal, this 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 that, whatever it is that I was able to that I was able to you know that I was able to 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 to, to, to learn a little bit today. I was able to talk to my kid today. Whatever hatslacha the person has, even the smallest little hatslacha, get a gishmak at lunch or something. Whatever it is, whatever the hatzlach is, kishlainus. Any failure, any failure that you have, zmanei simcha. Any any feeling, any any simcha that a person experiences, zmanei simcha. Zmanei etzav, times of sadness. Mashlo yia. Whatever the whatever it is, Mashalaya. Tamid Ani Vahai Haishiana. That's what it means in Hashanas. Aniva means Anivahu. I with Hashem. Every moment of my life is Anivahu. We're in this together. We're in this together. I'm with the Bhashana, Anivahu. Haishiana. That's that itself is the biggest issue. When a person lives that way and feels that way, that's the biggest issue. Anivahu Haishiana. When a person is with the Rabbi Shalom, who's Zaychel Yeshua. He's Zaychel Yeshua. That might, that, that might not mean that it comes out the way that he wanted it to come out, but Afal Pichin is Zaychel Yeshua. Avak Shiyesh, Chasa Shalom Pirud, but when there's separation, Im Hanis Yainis, Tliyim Badam Atzma, if you're all by yourself and you're on this guys having this thought. That there's no God, and he's just trying to figure this out himself and to work his way through it. Whatever other Nisayin it is, and he feels that, that what? I'm in this by myself, in this Nisayin by myself. We already learned that the eight of a person is. is Becoming stronger and stronger every day is trying to destroy him. And it's not for Hashem's help. You can't defeat it. Next page. You can't, you can't without the Barishlam. With the Barishlam, there's a Yeshua. Without the Barishlam, you can't. Every single day, a baskal comes down from Shemaim, a voice comes down from Shemaim and says, Shuvu Banam Shevavim. Return to me. Shuvu Banam Shevavim. Return to me, my wayward or my mischievous, my misbehaving children. Ma'akavana Shuvu Banam Shevavim. What does that mean, Shuvu Banam Shevavim? It means there are parts of me that are that are well behaved and the parts of me that are not so well behaved. Shuvah Banu Shavav means I'm trying to I'm trying to bring back all of the kaiches. You know that one's children are that we say are told the same tzaddikim as my and type, right? Each and every person has children. Children are called the things also that we do. The outcome of our thoughts and feelings are called our children. There's, there's male, there's female, but those are called our children. Our, what we do is called children. Just like we see that, that Chochm is called Abba and Bina is called Ima. And Das means when it's joined together and then they have children. There's children, we have children. All kinds of feelings and Achshavas and Mitzvahs and Asim Tevim. Children. So Shuvu Banam Shavavah means that there's a Baskal that's saying to each and every one of us, bring all of your children back to me. In other words, connect all of the thoughts, feelings, events of your life, connect them to me. Shuvu Banam Shavavah. Bring everything back to me. Kate said, How do you do that? 
How do you bring back to the Bayesham something that's, that's separated from him, Chasusom? Or that feeling separate? How do you bring that back? How do you bring that back? This could be understood with a muscle. In order to transport water from one house to the other, you need a pipe. And the water runs from one place to the other by means of these pipes. That means, in order for me to move the water from one place to another, I need a clay. And the clay for transporting water is called a pipe. Shuvu Bonam Shavad. Peyusha. Tashivu was called a Kaikashulachan. The Barishal Messiah teach and every one of us every day the Zabaskal says, Bring back all your Kaikas to me. Tashivu was called I gave them to you. Tashivu was called a Kaikashulachan as Kola Metsiyashulachan, your entire existence. And everything about you, I want you to send it back to me. The Barishal send it back to me. Send it back to the to the one who made it. The Bayaylam. How do you send it back to the Bereshit? How do you send back all your Kaychas to the Bereshit? Reish is called Sarshila Kli. If you want to send something, you need to have a Kli. What is the Kli that the Bereshit gave us to send everything back to him? It's the Kaych of speech. If you're not speaking to the Barishalam, and you think that you're just going to, in your mind, send your thoughts back to the Barishalam, using your brain, the Sermon tell us that that's some delusions. You have to verbalize, express, and articulate in a very clear way. That's how you send it back to the Barishalam, not just a piercing thought, a machshava. All right, God forbid you have a person that can't talk. Chalila. He's in a place where he's not able to talk. He could. So there's such a thing as a tefillah as a on, on such a level. A very intense level that can't be said. But the chalila, the chalila, the was given to us in order, to, in order to send everything back to the one who made it. In one of them, Eina Makasha called Nekudu Bepratius in Bari HaElam. If you don't speak about the things in your life to the Barishalom, if you don't share that and talk to Hashem about it, then you are missing the pipe that could that could carry that could carry these feelings, these thoughts, these fears, these these concerns, these worries, and so on back to Hakadosh Baruch The pipe that carries them back is the Kachadibah. That's the pipe speaking. In Kol Mashavu Shavez B'Meichal, Kol Hira, Kol Tshuka, Kol Dibur, V'Afilu Kol Nidnu Shavatzin Kal Shabakalim, and it's a Kol Mekashal Baryaylam. If every single thought that a person has, a feeling, a Tshuka, desire, anything, any feeling of Ratzin, even a little thing of Ratzin inside of his heart, in it's a Kol Mekashal Baryaylam. If all of these things he ties up together with the Baryaylam, he connects to the Baryaylam. For Emel of Fanav, he says to the Baryaylam. You sent this to me. You sent this to me. This is a, this is a, a special delivery. You sent to me. Which is called the direct light that's coming straight from Hashem to me. Then there's always the ability to send back that light. To send it back. And how do you send it back? That's how you send it back. By talking to the Barishalom. And, and crying to him about it. And asking him about it. What to do and so on. And not only for bad things. For good things too. The Barisham sent you something good, he sent back to him. What do you send back to him? You send back to him your gratitude, your thanks, your expression of, of appreciation and hope for the future and so on. If you don't stop first and think, where did this Mashava come to me? How did I, why do I have such a Mashava, a thought? Then you have no address to send it back to. If you don't know where something came from, just my 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 uh, future son-in-law, as I was just showing, was just showing me, 
how they got you know, response, these response cards, you know. So you got a response card. It says on it, will, you know, it says will attend. It just says will, and it says two. There's no name, no number. It doesn't say there. It also says there chuppah, this or that, and garnish. Just says the number two. Well, two people will attend. But it doesn't say anything else. So the, so you want to tell this, you want to find out, what do you do? You don't know who this person is, there's no return address. They didn't put any numbers on the return cards, right? So it's like, a, you know, you don't know who it is. So, the, the, when it comes to when it comes to a machshava, if a person has, let's say, the example he was using, a machshava of kfir, God forbid. Machshava that there's no God. If you struggle with this on yourself, that means you can't send it back to anybody, because it's your own thought. So who are you going to send it to? you going to write your own self-addressed envelope? There's a friend that I had uh, when I was growing up, my neighbor, he had very little self-esteem, so he used to send letters to himself. Because <laughs> he said he wanted the mammon to think that he's chashev. It's a true thing, he sent letters to himself. So if, you, if it's your own machshava that came to you on your own, then what are you going to do with it? There's no address, there's no return address. But if the person says like this, Rabbi Shalom, you sent me this machshava. You sent me this machshava, why? Because uh, to, that I should overcome it. So I need your help. Then you're sending it back. Let's say you send back the letter. And that itself is the beginning of the Yeshua. It's a big, big Yeshua that comes from that. Because the Baruch Shalom is, is infinite. He's Kal Yachal. The Baruch Shalom is infinite. You're not. I'm not. But the Baruch Shalom is infinite. So the Baruch Shalom, the Baruch Shalom, you send it back to him, and the Baruch Shalom could, could be metapol in that image. But if you just keep it yourself, this is my problem. I got to deal with it. That's also a famous male saying. It's my problem. I got to deal with it. Just like that kid in Virginia Tech, he dealt with it a couple of days ago. I'm a, we would do such a thing, you know. But there are guys that do stuff like that. I, I was reading the newspaper this myself that. You know, everybody's now with violence and violence. Everybody becomes a big chulcham, you know, after the meiser. So, somebody was saying about how violence in the home, in marriages of men against women and guys with their girlfriends, kills, it said, nine more times than the amount of women that are killed by cancer or heart failure in America. Six or nine. One of those, either six or nine, I don't remember. More times women are killed by men that get angry in America than are killed by cancer. You no, know? that's a that's that's a pacha. I would have thought that I'll, you know maybe half, a, a third. No, six. Well, let's say the easier number. Six more times women than cancer are getting killed by by husbands and boyfriends. Six more times. So. The cure for cancer you can try to find in a laboratory. And they're working on stuff for a long time with rats and everything else. But cars, self-control. Like sometimes you hear, but, uh, my wife told me that there was some, some actress or something that she, that she threw her phone at a, at a worker, one of her workers. She has a phone. I don't know if it was a cell phone, a regular phone. And she, she hurt the person. She threw it at the person. And it was a tumult what to do with this with this actress, right? So, so they gave her some job to do or something. I don't know what it was to do. My wife also didn't know. She just they gave her community service. Community service. Yeah. Okay, that's what they do. So what they now they do community service. So this is a this is a big big limud for her, you know, community service, and it's going to humble her, and she's not going to, you know, get angry at her slaves anymore. <laughs> then there are other types that they have. I was reading about how. Some ball player, this I read, I don't remember who it was, some ball player did some crazy thing, some also crazy stuff, and he had to go, he had to go for two hours of a class on anger management. Two hours of anger management, something like that, to go for a class. Oh, yeah? Somebody killed his girlfriend's cat? Is that a crime in America if you do that? Yeah, oh, you're a ball player. No, you kill the I think they have a police for that stuff too. There's a special from the there's uh, animal people that go after they go after. Animal rights activists. Yeah, they have to. I think it's illegal. You can't do that. You're not allowed to in America to kill an animal. No, I think you, I think you can go to, I think you go to jail for that. You can go to jail for that. Yeah, that's it. That's a, yeah. 
Well, she got off lucky, the girlfriend. <laughs> she got off. She got off easy. She, yeah, she should, now she's in trouble. This guy's misspoken for the for the rest of his life. Whatever, whatever her, the rest of her life, whatever, whatever life she has left, then he threw the cat. But, but people that are not in control. So six more times, or nine, six more times, women are getting killed by angry men. The person's not in control. People are not in control. So a person, when you get angry, if you're totally by yourself, that, that could, then you then then the anger is like gets becomes a rage. If a person lives with a Bershom, so is it possible to get angry? No, no. So it's a shtickle of a desire, but a person gets angry. But he had but he has the Bershom he says, Bershom, you sent me this Indian. I can't I know what he starts talking to Bershom about it. That's called Shuva Banam Shaivadan. That's the meaning of Shuva Banam Shaivadan. That's how you send it back to the one who you send it back to the one who sent it. You send it back to the to the one who wrote it. But if you don't if you don't think first, where did this come to me? Who sent me this machshava? Then you think it's just me. It's from within me. Then you get like an animal. You can be like an animal if it's something like anger. And if it's other things like for you, then you look at yourself. I'm I'm, I'm the most worthless piece of dirt. I'm going to put on till I'm going to daven. So, but if you if you if you know who sent it to you, then you could send it back, and you could get help. It could be a niva hoy hashir Then then you can get help. Now we're doing this like this, and it's just like an afternoon on a Thursday. This is one of the most important things we could ever see in our lives. I don't know how to how do you how do I you know to believe that this is the most important sight of being a Jew. Just to constantly be in that way of ain't I? I feel the There's no empty spaces. No empty spaces. If you don't ask first where did it come from, then 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 there's no need to send it back to. I have to go in a minute because I'm supposed to. Dibur is the pipe. It came to you one way, and the pipe, and you send it back with you. The Bereshit, we can't hear the Bereshit talking just the way that we hear people talking. The Baruch Shalom is sending us something. That's how it came from him. I'm not sure we give my Baruch Shalom. I say, Hero, I say, Hero, I say, Atanasafli, Baruch Shalom, you sent me this. I say, Ratzna, I say, Atanasafli, hear her, this thought, this funny feeling that I have. Kaidim Sarachat Mishtamish, Baisim Hero, and Baach, we came out of the Baruch Shalom. First, you have to know where they came from, where did this come from, and now, now, Baruch Shalom. I'm sending it back to you. Shuvu Baruch Shalom, here's the postage, and I'm sending it back to you. It's in your court. I need help. I'm talking to you about this. I'm being on the level with you. That's what it means to be a carbon island. It's a whole different way of living. It's a whole different way of diving, of thinking of one's relationship in such a way of of ain oid. As you remember on the top of Kufnun Hay, you make a simon here. Okay, Shkarech Abbasim.